to Astrology Bites. This is your host, Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Astrology for Real Life, a no BS guide for the astral curious. I'm also your host for this podcast series. Now, if you're curious about astrology, you are definitely in the right place. This is episode 135 of Astrology Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on astrology. My goal is to make astrology feel simple, clear, fun, and totally applicable to your everyday life. All righty, let's get into today's episode. So today we are talking about tracking your transits. And my special guest is Jessica Lanyadu, who's the author of Astrology for Real Relationships and the host of the popular astrology podcast, Ghost of a Podcast. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I am such a big fan of your work, so I am super excited and honored that you are joining me to talk today about this topic. Oh my God, I am a total fan of your work, everything you put into the world, including your vibe. So I feel like anyone who listens to you knows you got good vibes and you just can't, nothing can be said about it other than you got good vibes. So well, you know, tip of the hat to you. <laughs> tip of the hat to you too, because I have been a fan of yours for a long time. So uh, it's just such an honor again to talk with you. And you know, you're one of the people that I've followed your work for a long time. So uh, I know that you have been doing astrology for quite a while. I remember you actually. I think you were uh, in Jane Magazine back in the day. Oh my God, you remember that? Yeah, that yes. was back in the back in the back in the day. That was like early moments. And only I think once, but I, I have been, I don't know if you would know this, but uh, there's something called on our backs magazine. Yes, of course. Yeah, I know that very magazine. niche. Yes. Yeah. Very niche. Very back in the day stuff. I also wrote for Martha Stewart's body and soul magazine at one point, which was a very different vibe, but kind of the same time. So yeah, I, I have been doing it for now 25 years or 26 years, something like that. So yes, kind of a lifetime. Well, the first time I saw you was in Jane Magazine. And yes, I used to get Body and Soul, so I saw you there too. So, Oh, wow. I'm a magazine fanatic. I mean, this is the Gemini thing. I love magazines. So I've been I love a fan. to hear that. Can I ask you a, such a weird, random astrology nerd question? Yes. Do you have Pisces on the sixth house cusp or Neptune in the sixth house? I have um, Aries on the sixth house cusp. And my sixth house is as empty as can be. Interesting. And what does Mars do? My Mars is in Virgo and is sitting in my 11th house and it is conjunct, I believe, I think it's conjunct um, off the top of my head, uh, Pluto and what else is in there? It's all the planets that, and Uranus. So oh, got all wow. That. So it's, yeah. in Vir- it's that Virgo stallion you've got. Yes. Ooh, delicious. Okay. Well, that's really exciting to hear. I mean, you know, magazines, I mean, there's nothing more Gemini. Like yeah, of course, the magazines, except for, I guess, DMs now. Yes, except I hate DMs. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really funny when a magazine comes in the mail because I still subscribe to a few. And don't worry, people, I'm going to get on topic. People know I get distracted. But whenever, <laughs> whenever I get magazines in the mail, my husband always says like, and my husband's like super intellectual, doesn't like magazines. And he's like, oh, your favorite books, magazines. <laughs> So he always gets really snotty. I'm like, just let me live with my magazines, buddy. <laughs> you know, my partner's also a Gemini and we get poetry magazines in, in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. He's a poet. So 
go figure. You, you guys aren't breaking any stereotypes. That's what's right. happening. And I like it. <laughs> uh, Gemini's need their things to read. We need our magazines. Yep. But yes. anyhow, so let's talk about transits because transits are such a big part of astrology. I think we should probably begin though by explaining to people what a transit is, if this is the first time they're listening. How would you describe what a transit is in layman's mm. terms? Great. So what a transit is, is when it's basically, okay, so there's there's two levels on which I would kind of name it. One is the trans, a transit is the description of the mathematical relationship between the planets in your birth chart and the planets that are moving real time through the sky. And so it's like their, their mathematical relationship is, is their transit to each other. Um, and then more like kind of like an experience, what a transit is, is it describes the cycles and trends that are happening in your life at the moment. And what I always tell people is that, you know, just because you're going through like a kind of easy transit doesn't mean you're not also going through a kind of hard transit. We go through multiple transits at a time. And that describes why you're kind of depressed, but everything in your life is good. Or, you know, you're like the happiest you've ever been, but like you're dealing with something quite difficult because life isn't super symmetrical. It's, it's complex and nuanced and astrology and in particular transit astrology describes the nuance and complexity that's happening now or in the past or in the future, but you know, in any given now, basically, does that feel like a good description of transits to you? Absolutely. Makes a thousand percent sense to me. Uh, You know, transits are the cycles of our life, you know, when you really boil it down to a nutshell. So why do why would anybody, I mean, I track my transits, Okay, I'm really into, of course. Um, But why, in your opinion, why would someone want to track their transits? I mean, I have my theories. What do you think? Why would they they agree with me completely? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's more reasons. Okay, but the reason why a person would want to track their transits is to understand what's happening, how long it'll last, and what we're meant to get out of it. You know, one of the most common things in my private practice that I see is people come in and they're like, I want to get pregnant right now. And they're going through Saturn transits. And Saturns are notoriously um, the opposite of fertile as a period. They're not the time for planting seeds or reaping harvest. They're the time for pruning. And so it's not an easy time to get pregnant or it's not a time to have an easy pregnancy. And so, you know, being able to say this transit is going to last you this period of time and it's happening for this very occasion. And so let's talk strategy. Let's work with it. And, you know, to be honest, most people don't listen to me when somebody wants to do a thing in their lives, they should go ahead and do it. But it's great to if and when it doesn't work to be like, oh, it was that transit. And then you can derive meaning from it, even uh, in retrospect, which is so valuable because when, you know, you have difficulties in life, being able to extrapolate meaning and value from those difficulties makes that suffering less of a suffering or suffering with purpose is kind of better than suffering for no good reason. So not that all transits are suffering, but you know, I am a Capricorn, so I pre- I'm predisposed to the suffering. And Capricorns do like to look at the suffering. I'm a Gemini. We're always trying to like find the bright side. It's like, well, wait a minute. Where's the advantage in this thing? You know, so what if it's all these terrible squares right now? Where's the trine? Is there something I can make work out of this? So I find that that that's where my brain tends to go. Of course, of course. Yeah. I, of course, as a Capricorn, I'm just like, who cares about trines and sextiles? Let's get into what's upsetting. Oh, I just can't help myself. <laughs> so, you know, we are, we are our astrology, right? And this is another yes. th- thing that's so cool is, 
is a kind of a tool for understanding yourself. So if you have self-acceptance, then it's like, I don't have to feel bad that I'm not positive all the time. I am sun, moon, and rising all in Capricorn. There's nobody with this much Capricorn in their chart. Yeah, I know <laughs> your jaw just dropped a lot of Capricorn. So there's no world in which I'm going to be, uh, you know, super optimistic and easygoing. And so having the self-acceptance of like, oh, that's my math. That's my astrology. It frees me up to just be myself. And I think that's, I mean, that's birth chart astrology, but when we apply that same wisdom to transits, the cool thing is it's like, oh, this isn't summertime for me. I mean, technically it's June, but it isn't summertime for me. So, okay. How do I, how do I kind of accept where I'm at and work with the energy that's activated in my life? That makes life more effective. It makes life more pleasant. It makes your self-esteem happier. You know, I mean, it's, again, there's no downside. There's no downside unless I guess you're a super nervous, anxious personality, in which case maybe transits aren't for you. I agree with that a million percent. And also you said something very interesting that caught my attention about working with energy. And I think Mm. that is the really important thing. I think so often, you know, we're like fish, we're trying to swim upstream and we don't wonder then why, why things are not getting better and knowing how to work with energy, whether it's challenging energy or whether it's good energy will at least help the flow. It doesn't mean it's going to solve every issue that happens in your life, but if you lean into the energy and work with it rather than against it, trances can become your friend. And the other thing that I think is if you are aware of what's happening around you, which a lot of people aren't, I often say people sleepwalk through life. And it's like that song from the talking heads. How did I get here? Well, you got here because of the decisions you made or the way you worked with the energy. And so Mm -hmm. awareness allows us to be more conscious. It doesn't guarantee we're going to make great decisions because I've still made plenty of lousy decisions during so-called great transits, but at least we are aware. And that awareness is really, really um, fabulous. It is. You know, a way that I often think about describing transits to people, it reminds me of this thing. So I'm from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, freezing cold, freezing cold, freezing cold. Yes. Um, And I moved to San Francisco in 1994, but the summer, the year before I moved to San Francisco, I was hanging out with this guy, a friend, and he was from California. And in the dead of winter, this totally Californian guy refused to wear socks he just couldn't conceive of socks and he would wear tennis shoes. And so it was, you know, minus 30 degrees Celsius freezing, you know, it was so cold that if you cried from how cold it was, you get frostbite in your face. It was cold. And, uh, this is a Saturn transit metaphor, by the way, in this moment. Right. But it, it, uh, it was so cold and I was freezing in my good Canadian, you know, winter wear. He was more cold because he refused to accept what was happening and prepare for it right? And I think of that a lot when I think of transits, because transits are so much like weather reports. Sometimes they're like right on the nose and sometimes they're kind of vague, but either way, they help you to accept and prepare. And that doesn't mean I wasn't freezing cold, but it does mean I was a lot warmer than my dumb friend who (laughs) refused to wear socks on a freezing cold day. And that to me is is just like an easy way to kind of think of and describe transits and why we should use them, why we should care. That is so brilliant. That is a great analogy. I mean, I couldn't think of anything more perfect. And by the way, my sister lives in Montreal, my Capricorn sister. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Really? I love Montreal. She lives right now in Laval. She used to live in in the city proper, but now she's outside of it in Laval. Okay, in Laval. You know, I haven't spent much time there, but of course, I I know Laval. And also, 
this is again off topic, but let's just acknowledge a Montreal bagel is a bagel to be cherished. Oh my God. So good. And I had some croissants there that were so good. I've never had a croissant like that since. And there's a macaron shop that is down on, I think uh, it's on St. Denis that I walked in there. I'm like, wait a minute, how come there are like a hundred macarons here? This doesn't exist by me. So we could talk food and Montreal. Yes, we, we, <laughs> but we digress yet again. We digress yes, yet again. <laughs> we, we do. So yeah. in your opinion, now, of course, every astrologer, I always like to say every astrologer has a different opinion. Every astrologer has a different thing they're really hyper-focused on. So, I mean, I love Saturn, by the way, which surprises people because, you know, I tend to have kind of a goofy sense of humor, but Saturn is my favorite planet. I love mm-hmm. Saturn. And Saturn transits are, are, in my opinion, the most important but what transits do you think are the most important that people should pay attention to? You know, that's a great question. And I wish I had a simple answer. I would agree about Saturn because Saturn transits um, are Saturn transits are kind of like a, they're maturizing. And mm-hmm. so the way we handle them shapes seven year cycles of our lives. So Saturn transits don't just impact us. They impact the people around us, our interpersonal relationships that are professional and personal and familial, et cetera. And so Saturn transits are incredibly important. That said, when we go through Pluto transits, Neptune transits, and Uranus transits, most of them are once in a, no, all of them are once in a lifetime events. And most of them are events that don't happen to everyone. They are a part of our unique life journey. And so those transits really um, always capture my attention. And the outer planets, um, which is the social planets are Saturn and Jupiter. And then the generational planets are Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. And all of those planets are the focus of my my practice. And... um, and, and I could talk about that for hours of why that is, but the upshot is I'm, I'm, I'm in a tie <laughs> between all of those planets because, because of the infrequency, you know, and the uniqueness of those, those uh, generational planets and, and what they mean slash also, obviously it's Saturn. So it's yes. confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I think everybody has to kind of find their own, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I also think, you know, it does depend on who you are, where you are, when you are, right? And and that's that's a big one. So um, one other thing I want to ask you, let's say you're going through really challenging transits and you're working with a client. I mean, what do you do to advise them when the, cha- the planets are not friendly and nothing seems to be working out in their lives? How do we deal with that? Yeah. So of course, each situation is somewhat unique, but the first step is acceptance. And where people get really confused and frightened is they feel that acceptance is consent. If I accept that I'm depressed, that means I'm consenting to being depressed. I'm investing in being depressed. If I accept that my marriage is struggling, that means I'm giving up. And acceptance is not any of those things. It's simply self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And when we look at these kind of like scary transits, because there are scary transits, they're upsetting transits, and we see, okay, this is what's happening. Or we look at our lives and we see that things are rough. If we can accept that this is where we are and that these are the resources, whether they're psychological, emotional, material that we have available to us, 
then we can do the work we need to do to kind of make things better or make things neutral. Because when things are really bad, sometimes the best we can hope for is neutral. And neutral is great. You know, it's not ideal, but it's a lot better than terrible. So, you know, I think I think that that's the starting point is acceptance. And I, I will say that in my private practice, I've come to learn that the vast majority of the time when people can really sit with acceptance, the next steps just organically emerge. They present yes. themselves. When you try to rush past acceptance into fixing things that you don't understand and you haven't stayed present with, that's when you end up walking through a labyrinth of your own design that really doesn't bring you anywhere. In this labyrinth, there is David Bowie. You know what I mean? Like there's there's like, you you saw where I was going with the labyrinth, I hope. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, yes, it, it's, it's really important to start with acceptance. And I think that, you know, I've definitely been told by people, oh, you know, you say that a lot. You say that a lot. And it's like, well, if 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 you do that one step, that one step, it becomes the step. Like you really come to learn over the course of life that it becomes that step. And again, what I'm saying is um, not inherently Saturnian in like acceptance. It's not a Saturnian um, concept, but returning to a step that is foundational and building from that foundational place is very Saturnian. And that's like a material response to linear reality, but it applies very spiritually as well. And I think that, you know, whether you're really into astrology or you're really a newbie with astrology, most people turn to it because they're going through something and they want, they want insight, they want help. And I think that's where that's where we can kind of start to help ourselves. Astrology or not, transits or not, is where do I just need to accept where I am right now? I think that's really brilliant advice because when you are able to make peace with where you are right now, you can start then making better decisions going forward also. And sometimes, you know, the worst aspects in my life, astrology-wise, those times that have been very difficult have been the most pivotal times in my life, the times where I've grown, where I've really found my way. So I always like to remind people when the transits are really gnarly, sometimes that's exactly the cosmic push you need to start changing your life. Yep. And conversely, I have both experienced personally and seen with my clients a lot when the transits are easy, there's nothing getting in your way for ruining your life or self-sabotaging yourself, you know? So in quote, easy or good transit is sometimes just nothing to derail you from your path of walking off a cliff, right? Sometimes those hard or negative transits are exactly what we need. I mean, they really are. And I remember I spent 20 years being terrified of a transit, just terrified. And when it actually occurred, it was one of the most liberating experiences I ever had in my life. It was such a great transit. Other transits, I've been like, oh, this will be, <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, I'm really doing things to self-destruct. Huh, I had no idea. <laughs> like, you just, you don't, you don't want to get into value judgments because when we, when we start judging, we're not discerning based on data. And we want to discern based on data. And that data, if you're not like a professional astrologer, is, is going to be what it feels like. You know, so that's another thing. It's like not using astrology to supersede what you feel, what you know, but using it as a kind of supporting evidence and a tool for a greater understanding. 
I could not agree more. And, you know, um, you also mentioned one other thing, too, that if you're a really anxious type person, sometimes found those transits aren't a good thing. And I think that's right. Mm -hmm. Because I see people sometimes they follow those transits and they get really hung up. It's the same people who will come and get a tarot reading over and over again on the same question. (laughs) You know, and it's like, this is not helping you now. It's making you more... Um, obsessive. It's not giving you what you need. You need to step back away from the astrology or the tarot cards or whatever, if it's taking you down that rabbit hole. Yeah. To that, let me, I could not agree more, but let me say to that piece about when people ask the same question over and over for tarot, my belief is that means you're asking the wrong question. Will he come back to me? Will he come back to me? Will we get back together? That's the wrong question. If you didn't like your answer at the first what the real question needs to be is if I get this person to come back to me, will I be happy? Yes. You know, is this actually happening for a reason that I don't yet understand? When you find yourself repetitively coming back to the same question, you're asking the wrong question. That's why you're not satisfied with the answer. And I think a huge part of our job as astrologers and tarot readers, um, which, you know, I read tarot as well. Um, a huge part of our job is to help people to ask the right questions and to understand their own motivations for asking the wrong questions because most people are asking the wrong questions most of the time. And I include me in that equation, you know, that's a huge part of the struggle. Um, And when we find the right question, a lot of times the answer is a lot closer to us than we feel like it is when we're asking the wrong question or the adjacent to the right question, right? So again, it's back to acceptance and presence. Absolutely. I mean, again, couldn't agree more. Um, Asking the right question will often give you maybe not the answer you want, but the answer you really, really need. Yes, that's it. Exactly. We're basically uh, presidents of each other's fan club. Yes. You know, um, speaking of transits and all this stuff, uh, because, um, you know, I'm really into what you're doing. You've got a, you've got an app coming out that is all about these transits. It's called Astrology for Days. And, you know, I would love you to tell me more about this. Tell us the dirt. Okay. I am very, very excited about Astrology for Days. It's in, it's available in beta now. Um, you know, today we just spent the whole day working on implementing world time zones, which I'm really excited about. Um, but Astrology for Days is a really simple web-based app, which means it's not for Androids or iOS. It's for anything that gets internet. You can use it on your computer. And uh, it's just basically, I wanted this app for myself as an astrologer. And my partner is a software developer. And so he was like, well, I can build this for you. And then we were like, well, why don't we build this for the people? Because this is the app that I needed when I was first learning astrology in my uh, late teens and early twenties. It's the app I needed when I was like 35 and a professional astrologer with a full-time practice. And now that I'm 46, it's the exact app I need. It's like the thing that I think will carry any astrology student or professional through. And it's basically a calendar that tracks all of the daily transits. It has an ephemeris in it. You can um, take limitless notes in it. And if you are learning astrology, it has a symbol index and it has all these little like um, just kind of like color coding things to help you to really look at what is happening when, so you can orient yourself as uh, you know, person who's working with astrology to be like, oh, 
I am feeling so agitated. I want to murder everyone that I come in contact with. What is happening? You go to astrology for days, you click on the day and you're like, oh, I see the moon's conjunct Pluto right now. I just got to wait a few hours. I just got to wait a few hours and people will be a lot less annoying slash I will be a lot less annoying to myself. And so, you know, being able to work with the energy, you know, I, it's an app that I actually use multiple times a day, every single day. Cause when people say, Hey, can you do this appointment or, you know, whatever, when people ask me to do things, I check first, I, you know, I check. And, um, so yeah, so I'm not sure if I do the best job at explaining it. I'm, I have a super crush on it. Also it's customizable by color, which I'm just so, I just, I, I'm that nerd who likes gifts and color. Like I had a trapper keeper, you know what I mean? Like I like everything to be personalizable. So it's, it's, you can change the colors and it's just very cute. It's a cute streamlined, uh, kind of pro tool. So it doesn't offer any interpretations. And I think that's an important difference because forgive me, but I think there's a lot of noise in the world of astrology and other esoteric arts. You know, it's, they're very popular right now. And there's just like a lot of perspectives and a lot of noise. And so I wanted to create something that is completely not noisy and, um, that would support people in taking their astrology fandom to a place that's more of a, of a, a kind of like a learning tool. So you can take notes for on all of your favorite astrology podcasts, on all of your favorite like YouTube astrologers and the blogs you read, just take notes based on the transits. And then after a couple months of doing this, you're going to start to see if you also use it as a journaling tool, what actually is accurate for you, what actually happens for you. So if, you know, your astrology app says, oh, the moon's in Aquarius, you're going to fall in love. And then you actually notice when the moon's in Aquarius, you're super like lazy and you never want to leave the house and interact with anyone. That's great information for you to have because the moon is in Aquarius once a month, every month, you know? So it's a tool for really, um, doing a DIY approach to learning and working as an astrologer. Well, I'm yeah. a very DIY person, uh, old school punk rocker. And one of the things that I do, uh, <laughs> one of the things I do love about it, and I'm going to be really frank, I, I have other astrology apps, but I never listen to the interpretations. I always want to be able to just look and say, okay, what is the moon doing? Okay, oh, this is messed up. I don't want to hear necessarily somebody else's perspective, because I already have my perspective, or sometimes you just want to glance and you don't want to go listen to that. Yes. Yeah, I'm a hundred, I'm with you. I it's again, it's what I call noise. It's really just, there's so many interpretations out there and that's great if that's what you're looking for. But I wanted to create something that was for people who wanted to take, who, who are not just astrology fans. Of course, I love astrology fans. I'm not mad at astrology fans, <laughs> but there's a million astrology fan services, tools, and apps out there. This is because the astrology for days, we created it because more more than ever in human history, we have astrology students and yes. we have pros more than ever in, in human history. And I say that with total confidence because astrology is so much math and computers make that to be something that people don't even know. I've noticed a lot of new astrologers don't even realize how mathematical astrology is, and which I actually get very angry about and have a lot to say about that said, the point is this tool, Astrology for Days, is one that I hope will support those people into understanding the math a little better, honing their skill set. And, you know, right now as it's in beta, you know, a lot of people are using it on my Patreon. And so, you know, a couple of times a week I check in with them and they're helping to shape the app. They're telling me what they want and what they need, um, you know, 
Colin Bedell of Queer Queer Cosmos, he was like, I want to see, I want to see all the transits written in different colors. And so we made all the moon transits written in the side panel in green and all the retrogrades are in red. And anyways, he said that to me. And then I guess I never told him that we did it. And then like two or three months later, he was like, you know, I really like the color coding. And I was like, fool, you told me to do it. And I just did it. And he was like, oh my God. So yeah, it's a, it's, it's fun because I get to crowdsource it based on how people are, are enjoying it. And, and it's just, I really, I'm also really a DIY person and I really like to encourage kind of, um, astrology as kind of like, um, it's a community-based tool right? Yes. It's it, it, it shared um, across culture, across time. Uh, and I feel like there's so much like astrology memes and astrology, blah, blah out there. There's not enough like true data resourcing, you know, and that's what I'm really passionate about. And so this is one way that I've, you know, tried to do that. And, and, you know, hopefully I'll come, I, I have lots of like version two, version five, version 12s of this. And I want to continue to make it be a DIY resource so that people actually like do some of their own heavy lifting, um, yes. which, you know, is to me as a as Saturn lovers, we obviously like that. Yes. Well, you know, when I was learning astrology back in the days, there was very, very little, I lived in a rural area. It was very hard to get the information. And so I had to study. I had to study. I didn't have a teacher. Yep. There was no internet. And I think it's really good to do the notes, to write and journal and to study and to figure out all those things because you're going to be a better astrologer. So um, for someone who's a professional, the beauty of your app is that it gets right to the point. There's no fluff. It's like, boom, here's my information. I know what to do with this. And for somebody who's a student, it's like, I can journal, I can learn this. And you're not spoon feeding which I yes. think makes people also astrologically lazy. A hundred percent. I could not agree more. I mean, obviously we are fans of Saturn, but I really <laughs> just feel like, I feel like, you know, I, there, okay. So let me just, I'm going to go off on a slight tangent here. There are astrology articles written. There are astrology podcasts out there. There are astrology you know, all this astrology content out there that is not created by astrologers. And you have to be an astrologer or have like insider information to know that. And that is not new, but because of the internet and the, the, the amazing amount of astrology content out there, it's more right now. And so again, the more educated people are, the more you know. It's like, I can bring my car into a mechanic and they can tell me anything. I don't know anything. I will believe anything they tell me. I hope no mechanics are listening to this, but who are wanting to, <laughs> to have me bring their, my car in. They're like, oh, she's perfect. Um, but you know, the this is the thing. It's like when we create, when people become just a little bit more educated, then they can discern, oh, this might be good astrology, but it doesn't resonate for me. And I know that it might be good astrology, but it's not good for me versus this is not good astrology. Mm-hmm. You know, this doesn't seem ethical. This isn't on point. And there is a difference, you know, and I think that there is a difference in value. And there's also just a difference in terms of how you sort through data and how you use data. And, you know, I think, you know, you and I are both fans of people learning of actually like, you know, like learning. And so the question is, does there come a point when you graduate beyond a certain tool? And my hope is yes always yes. Um, but again, I tried to create a tool that 
doesn't need to be graduated from because you just use it in different ways at different stages of your own astrological development. So, you know, my, my pro colleagues like you are going to use the app radically different than um, most people in the world, (laughs) because most people in the world are not pros with a lot of experience. Um, So some of the things that people on Patreon have been like, Hey, I would love to see this. It would never occur to me because I just do the math in my head and or whatever it is, you know? And so it's, it's cool, but I'm going to stay true to the, the no interpretations thing because I really, uh, there's enough of that out there. Yeah. Yes. Amen. I love it because it makes people do the work because again, it reminds me of how hard I had to work to learn this information. And one of the things with the, with the internet is there's a book out called the death, the death of expertise that I just started reading is because of the internet. Oftentimes people then assume you gather a little information and I'm going to go monetize this and I'm going to be an expert. And it's like, but you haven't done any of the hard work. If you can't tell me what degrees are to find a sextile in a chart, then you do not know what you're talking about. And I'll never forget a couple of years ago. Now we're off on a tangent, but I have to say this. I read an interview with someone who said they were a professional astrologer and then the interviewer asked them about an ephemeris and they didn't know what an ephemeris was. I know exactly the article because you know it. my brain exploded. Mine too. Was, this, and this is the problem. It's that a little bit of knowledge is much more dangerous than a middle yes. amount. Like at a certain point, you know, you can know enough about a topic to know that you don't know much. But you have to get to that point because at the very beginning, you think you know a lot. And yes. there's another thing, which is not a Gen X cultural thing. Um, it's a it's it's like a millennial and younger cultural thing. But this sharing as you learn, you know, it's like there's a different kind of relationship to the concept of expertise and mastery. Um, and I think it's cultural. And I don't fully, you know, culturally understand it because I really only want to learn from masters. I don't want to learn from students because they don't have a comprehensive integrated knowledge. No, no shade. We're all students at some point and at some of all things. Right. But, um, I, I really am. I noticed that a lot of people, they're like, I'm learning this. I want to share this with my, my audience. And I think that's a really great motive. It's like, I'm learning this thing. This thing is inspiring me. I'm growing from the process of learning here. I'm going to share it with the people that I, that follow me. The problem with that is you don't know how much you don't know because you can't know how what you don't know. And I think this applies to politics. I think this applies to, you know, learning chords on a guitar. It, it applies to all topics. Um, but with astrology, because there's not like a, a system to vet it, like we have with psychology, um, it's more dangerous because there's no governing body saying this is not accurate. This is not ethical. And, you know, I like that there's no governing body because I'm very Uranian and I like my freedom, but I do see how it's very problematic and can make it harder for consumers of astrology who are looking for reliable content to sort through the amazing amount of options out there. Like there's such a thing sometimes as like too many bubblegum. Yes. You know, packs in the, in the market, you know, so it may be a bad metaphor at the very end, but I stand by the the central topic. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with wanting to remain a student as long as possible. I always say I'm a student for life. I've studied tarot and astrology for 40 years. I've had a deck in my hands since I've been 15. There's still so much Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's still, I mean, and also this is one thing I find when you're learning 
oftentimes when you're learning something like tarot, astrology, whatever, you tend to like go down one thing for a while. And then all yes. of a sudden you're into something else. And then you realize, oh my God, but here's this other perspective. I don't know anything about this. There's so many perspectives. There's so much to learn. I mean, that's why you can't ever stop being a student. Yeah. Everything that I yes. know, it's just the tip of a little iceberg. 100% yeah. with you. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of to that end, it's like, you know, I was just saying this again on my Patreon, but there is a way that some people are scholars and they're going to study and study and talk and talk and study and talk and write and write and talk and write and study. Cool. Some people are practitioners. I'm a practitioner. I am not a scholar at all. So I study and apply and apply and apply and apply and then talk and talk and talk and maybe write and maybe read and then do a lot of apply, apply, apply. Everybody has a different way of processing data. And again, this is where astrology is so valuable because we can look at our charts to understand how we are best suited to processing data. And then we can kind of always give ourselves both permission to be ourselves and also a container, right? Of like, okay, cool, apply all you want, but don't forget to share what you've applied or study something new or whatever it is, you know, just metaphorically or whatever, as an example, rather. Um, so anyways, I, I think I think that I think that when it comes to like all the things we're talking about today around whether it's my app or just tracking transits in general, one of the things that I, I think is so important to remember though, and I'm sorry, I've totally take, I'm about to take you in a weird direction slash kind of back to something that you already named and I kind of spoke to. It's this, if you're using astrology or tarot as a way to feed your panic or your fear, or if you hear something negative and you can't stop thinking about it, if you are gaining information from an expert that you consulted with or you know a meme that you read and it makes you feel bad about yourself and like you're somehow doomed, then you're using the wrong tool. Then it's not the right path for you. And people get really sad when they hear me say that sometimes because they're like, but I like astrology or tarot is really fun. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of fun things. There's a lot of great tools. Find one that doesn't give you a panic attack. <laughs> you know, Find one that, that actually works for you. And again, this is about acceptance. And in doing so, maybe making that decision, like truly making that decision makes it so that you can work with some astrology and astrologers. And I, I think I think astrology is the greatest thing in the world. I love it so much. And also it is not for everyone and it's not for every time. Yes. You know? Yeah. Sorry. I took it in a weird Amen. sideways direction, but I felt compelled to return to it. But you know, that's a, it's so important because it's actually something I think people need to hear because when people do start getting into astrology and I love to focus on helping people get into it, but sometimes they get into it and they discover tarot, astrology, none of this is for me. It's making me anxious. And so that is mm -hmm. a point we do need to cover so that yeah. people understand that. Uh, and again, sometimes it may not be necessarily that's wrong for you, but you're in with the wrong crowd. We need to like Absolutely. steer you into a different crowd over here. So totally. Yeah. 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 And I think the internet makes us feel like, well, if you're into astrology, you must be into yoga. And if you're into yoga, you must be into meditation. And if you're into meditation, then you must. And it's just like, not necessarily, you know, you can be into the sex pistols and meditate. You can be into astrology and nothing else. Like there's a million ways that we get to be. And I think, again, it's about really just returning to common sense, checking in with the self. If this isn't sitting right, if I don't know how to use this information in a way that makes my life better, then I can just put it down for now. If mm -hmm. I don't like it, I can put it down, even if every one of my friends likes it, you know, and this kind of thinking, I know it sounds so basic, but it's, 
it's the easiest thing to forget. The simple stuff is the easiest stuff to forget when we're actually going about our lives or scrolling through our feeds or whatever. And yeah, so I love astrology. I want to marry it. I kind of already have married it. I mean, I didn't get a ring, but I'm, I'm super married. I'm super married. But uh, but yeah, but it isn't for everyone and it isn't for every time. And I think that's a, a good thing to remember. And in those times, you do maybe, you know, just move along. Watch yes. soap opera. Why are we so mad at soap operas? I don't know. My husband watches Korean <laughs> like soap them. operas all day. So there are people who That's get into amazing. soap. Yes, he loves Korean soap operas. And I'm like, why do you care about these young people and their love trials? I don't know why he's into it. He loves Korean soap operas. So honestly, I haven't watched many Korean soap operas, but they're very dramatic and I've really enjoyed them. Yes. Weird. I've been surprised at how I enjoyed them. There's something remarkably dramatic about them. Yes. Everybody falls and then they get picked up and they fall in love. Every single person (laughs) falls in these soap operas. Every time I come in the room, somebody's falling and somehow that leads to a relationship. I'm like, who who falls this often? I feel like you need to run an expose, the next episode of Astrology Bites. Why are, yes. they, why are they falling so often and how is this correlated to falling in love? That's yes. good. I would, I would listen to that. <laughs> oh my God. This has been such an amazing conversation. I just think you are remarkable. I love your work. Like I said, I've been loving it for a long time. Obviously, I dated myself today. <laughs> you did. I loved it. <laughs> well, right back at you. I, this is this is total mutual fan club times. So I, I really, really am excited. Thank you for having me. So where can people find you, Jessica? I mean, obviously, I can find you all over. So let my audience yeah. know. Where can they find you? And, and talk. tell me also about your Patreon if people want to join that. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, so I'm all over the internet. And because my name is so hard to pronounce and read and spell, it's really easy to find me in that nobody else has my last name. So um, uh, I am on social media at Jessica Lignato. My Patreon is patreon.com slash Jessica Lignato. You can listen to my podcast. Uh, It's called Ghost of a Podcast. That's once a week, every Sunday it drops and I do horoscopes and I answer uh, listener questions. uh, So I read their charts, um, which can be a great way to learn how to read because I'm modeling how to read. Anyways, so there's that. You've got my astrology book, Astrology for Real Relationships. I like that we both put the real in there because we're both obsessed with Saturn. <gasps> Look at you. You have my book. That's exciting. I have your book. Is it here or my inside? It's right there. I have your book right there. Um, I will go grab it though because it, then I'll run away. Okay, but um, I you can find me there. Where else can you? Oh, astrologyfordays.com. Uh, is is the app if you're interested in getting it in its beta form. It's going to be out of beta June 1st, but it's also going to be Mercury retrograde, a very Mercury Mercury retrograde. So I'm not officially out of, while I'm officially out of beta, I'm not officially out of beta because I'm trying to trick the trickster, Mercury. Ooh. Best of luck to me. I know. I know. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I'm all over the internet. You can find me all over those places. I feel like there's other things, but I can't remember. So yeah, well, that's that's, that's a that's a good start. And for everybody who is listening, please do follow Jessica, get her book, Astrology for Real Relationships, check out her podcast. You're gonna learn a lot. Um, you're going to love what she is sharing with you. Uh Jessica, again, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. All right, people, that's all for today's episode. My cat is going crazy now. I can just hear him starting to come in here and meow. So we gotta move on. 
Um, first of all, if you are enjoying the show, you know what to do. Get on over to iTunes. Take a moment, leave a kind review because it helps other listeners discover the show. And of course, I appreciate that so much. And also, don't forget, get over to my website, thetarolady.com. You'll find tons of resources about tarot and astrology, lots of books, forecasts, horoscopes, so much more. That's thetarolady.com. I'll see you there. And remember, no matter what's going on in the cosmos today, ultimately, you are in charge of your life. You're in the driver's seat. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change the course. You're the boss. You've got that power. Be kind to yourself and others and make smart decisions. I'll see you in the next episode.